Hello and welcome to Diagnostics Digest, a podcast by CM Life Science. I'm your host, Nathan Sharp, and my focus is partnering with the best talent and companies in the diagnostic space with a specialist interest in the point of care and rapid testing market. In today's episode, I speak with Beth Cobb, Chief Commercial Officer at Now Diagnostics, about diversity and gender equality in the space and what this means for the future of her company and others in the market. Whether you're interested in Beth's fascinating story, her opinions on DNI in the workplace, or more insight into the work Now Diagnostics are doing to change the future of the diagnostic space, then be sure to have a listen. Here it is. I hope you enjoy. Hi Beth, thank you for thank you for joining me. Um, I'm glad you, you've made some time to um, to sit down with us on Diagnostic Digest. Um, would you mind just explaining um, to the listeners uh, a little bit about yourself and a little bit about the company you work with? Sure. Uh, my name is Beth Cobb. I am the Chief Operating Officer for Now Diagnostics. This is a company that's headquartered in uh, Northwest Arkansas. Uh, also with a presence in Canada and Italy. Um, prior to coming to Northwest uh, to Northwest Arkansas to work at Now Diagnostics, I spent most of my career in academic healthcare as a federally funded scientist and also as a hospital administrator. And so over the years, I established and managed laboratories and had gained a lot of experience vetting or validating and incorporating new diagnostic tools into our labs. So the draw for me to now diagnostics was learning how to develop those tools that would be most valuable in patient care. Perfect. Thank you. You mentioned um, joining now diagnostics. What was it initially that drew you to the company? Yeah, certainly um, the vision um, for the company, the mission to change healthcare, you know, there's uh, there's a need for improved diagnostics um, globally. Um, there's a need to change and improve, you know, patient care outcomes. And so the, you know, the mission was very much a draw. And I had interfaced previously with the chief scientific officer, Kevin Clark. Over the years, we had had a kind of a shared passion for um, uh curing for finding uh, diagnostic tools to identify autoimmune diseases. And so we'd met over the years and he had, he's an incredible entrepreneur that had um, occasionally tried to draw me into startup companies. And this was the first time that I took a risk and decided I'm going to do this startup thing. Okay, great. You mentioned um, part of the vision there and, and part of what he uh, Kevin kind of um, told you about the company. Um, do you mind just explaining maybe what that vision is? I know you mentioned bringing the the testing nearer to the patient, but what does um, what does now diagnostics specifically do? And I guess what makes you different from other diagnostic companies as a whole? Sure. So now diagnostics develops rapid, accurate, and easy to administer over the counter and point of care diagnostic tests at a low cost um, that yield results in minutes. And you know the mission part of that is to provide people and healthcare providers increased access to the information they need to improve healthcare outcomes. Um, in terms of what makes our technology different, um, I love this question. 
uh, our technology is the only lateral flow technology in the space uh, that is touch to test. So a biological sample, this could be a drop of finger stick blood, any blood product really, or saliva can be applied directly to one of our tests. And then you literally set the test down and wait to read a result 10 minutes later. Um, there are no other steps, no buffers, no diluents, no uh, sample pipetters that are required. We essentially have a laboratory centrifuge built into our tests that capture cells and allow a volume controlled sample to, to pass through the test membrane to yield a result. And because it's volume controlled, our tests yield sensitivity that's comparable to laboratory assay systems, like the big ones that are very expensive. But instead, you can take our little test that's lightweight and portable and perform it at the bedside or in the comfort of your own home. And sometimes I guess people look at, have heard about the word lateral flow, but how do you think the, I guess the last 12, 18 months of a pandemic have helped, let's say, lateral flow companies such as yourself? There's obviously been uh, such an emphasis put on them. How do you think that's going to, I guess, benefit you guys moving forward? Sure. Well, um, number one, lateral flow, these rapid lateral flow technologies um, have been critical during the pandemic. You know, a quick return of results. Um, patients or persons being stuck at home and not able to or encouraged to quarantine and not to go to a healthcare facility unless they were severely ill. We had to have solutions for them that were easy to use, results that were easy to interpret, affordable solutions that would yield a result quickly. And so lateral flow has, you know, um, been essential during the pandemic. Um, I would say also that because our regulatory bodies had to react um, quickly and respond quickly to the pandemic, they had to consider applications and, and data um, generated from manufacturing companies of lateral flow technologies um, more rapidly and make decisions about whether or not to release them into the marketplace. And I think this has um, warmed the regulatory bodies to the value of these lateral flow technologies being used in home. Um, there's clearly a need and you know the need has now been proven. And so I think, I think for lateral flow diagnostic uh, test manufacturers, um, perhaps the, the, the path forward has been made more clear for regulatory bodies. And so we're, we're hoping that it gives us some inertia. It's interesting to hear, and it's interesting to have this conversation with you, let's say post-pandemic, if, if, if I dare say that. Um, I, I had a conversation with um, two lateral flow manufacturers, and I want to say it was probably still peak pandemic, um, and it was about what's next for lateral flow. And I feel like we were almost maybe a little bit early to that conversation at the time, and those guys were um very good in that in, in their answers it was it was a live webinar so they were they were kind of answering on the spot from a couple of the people that were um putting questions in the chat but they they, they said a very similar um thing to yourself about now that uh, people have been more kind of warm to doing the lateral flow tests and now they, they they understand the need for them they understand how it can benefit them like you say people don't have to leave their home um to take these tests and they are very accurate and they are very precise and you're still getting um 
the diagnosis that you require as well. And I think that path has, has definitely been opened up, like you say, and they, de- they said a very similar thing. So it's, it's interesting to kind of now look back at that conversation as you were saying that and, and kind of see how they were kind of on point with that answer as well. Absolutely. Speaking of now diagnostics and just to lean a little bit back onto, I guess, the company as a whole, I, I saw the other day and I've seen a couple of uh, posts from you guys about putting a bit of a, an employee spotlight onto yourself being one of them and, and a couple of other <laughs> of your, um, your, your colleagues and, and some more junior members of staff as well. How, how would you describe, I guess, now diagnostics as a company and, and I guess the culture you have there? Sure. Great question. Um, we've touched on our mission and our mission is an important one. So it's to change healthcare. And that mission is kind of the driving force of our culture. So, so therefore it makes it easy. You know, the culture is highly collaborative because we're doing something that we all find to be so important. So we're very aligned on priorities. We share the same goals and we are quick to celebrate successes. We have a lot of fun celebrating together. And so uh, we know that because we're a small company, that every team member has to be engaged and has to be highly effective or else we won't be successful. So, you know, the culture is sublime, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. And as a company, do you feel like giving your colleagues and and, and, and the employees across the business that platform and that kind of recognition is, is important, um, not just internally, but externally as well? 100%. Uh, you know, the you'll see on our LinkedIn page in the coming months, um, more of the leadership spotlight. We have really impressive leaders in this organization for being a small company. We have a leadership team that has worked together over the years for many years, and they have, they're highly collaborative. There's a lot of synergy um, and they, they have really deep understanding of the antigens and antibodies that are used in our tests. Uh, in fact, they developed them in the past, in a past company. Um, they're really impressive people, and they're good people, and they're good leaders, and they, they, you know, are essential to grow our staff, to keep us all connected. And so, I mean, it's, frankly, it's a privilege to work with them, and so it's really easy to celebrate them, and they completely deserve it. Absolutely. No, I, I completely agree, and I think those spotlights are, are fantastic. We do, we do a very similar thing here at Charlton Morris across the business. We have at the end of our um, month, we always have a, a spotlight email that celebrates the little the little wins and the big wins of think making sure that they're visualized internally and externally is, is important. So it's good to kind of compare the compare the two. Absolutely. And I'm sure it's the same there too, but we we kind of because we're so small, we we feel like a family. And so we do things intentionally outside of work together too. We're intentional about making opportunities to get together and to kind of um, keep that culture um, exactly where it is and not um, and make sure that we're moving forward. When you joined the business, Beth, how, how many people were in the business at the time and how has it grown since then? Well, that's a great question. I joined about three and a half years ago. And in terms of uh, headcount, I think we've stayed mostly stable. There's been periods of growth where we, um, during the pandemic, we had to increase our manufacturing capacity. 
um, to run three shifts around the clock. And, and we look forward to doing that again, and we will um, as we get more regulatory victories and get more products to market. Um, so uh, I would say uh, we have a team probably of about 50 right now and um, have great plans to scale in the future. I think that that's what really caught my eye with um, with yourself, Beth, as well. I think being in the position you are, you seem to really um, kind of have your finger on the pulse with not just diagnostics and not just point of care, but the kind of the wider industry as well. Um, and really kind of using your position as um, at now diagnostics to, to kind of raise up other people's platforms and raise up um, other um other people in their in their life as well and i think that's something we mentioned when we were talking about doing this podcast you mentioned your your vision really to to kind of develop and mentor let's say the next generation of female professionals not just in life science but right across the different industries really sure you know my passion for um growing and developing women is rooted in my own experience um of having been presented with many workplace challenges over the years as a female, uh, sometimes outnumbered at the boardroom table, paid less than my male counterparts and even asked to give up my seat at the table often. And so I have rich learnings uh, to draw from that prompt me to wanna get back to the next generation and you know, uh, ease their path a little bit. You know, The truth is I have been extraordinarily privileged to have led highly effective and diverse teams of people in my career. And I've especially enjoyed helping young women grow and develop. I love their energy. I love their love of learning and I love their pride in their work. Um, but we all know that many women in the workplace wear a lot of hats. They give 100% or more at work. Then they go home and they start their other jobs as uh, as wife, as mother, as daughter, um, and then sometimes as the homemaker, right? <laughs> so I believe the best way I can support them is to accelerate um, their professional growth um, as quickly as possible. Um, and that's our best chance to retain them in the workplace. So we need them to be leaders, the future leaders in our workplaces too. So I feel like I have a responsibility to feed them with opportunities that keep them motivated to continue their careers despite so many you know, competing forces around them. Um, you know, Data show that the more diverse a company is, the more productive it will be. We all know this to be true. And so as a leader of an organization, I'm committed to maximizing productivity of our company and women play an essential role in, you know, that organizational success. So that's, that's my commitment to women. I had two follow-up questions um, and you actually, you actually answered them both in that already. Um, I was going to say, and I was going to lean on, why do you believe that that kind of diversity, diversification is important in a workplace? Sure. You know, the best ideas um, come in the most are, are brought to the surface in the most diverse settings, right? And so, and I'm not necessarily just talking about diversity of gender or, uh, you know, diversity of race or ethnicity. I'm saying diversity of experience and how do you maximize 
um, diversity of experience. You put people in the room together that have come from different cultural backgrounds, from different life circumstances, and that they're going to generate the most diverse thought processes that lead to the best ideas. And so when you're in an entrepreneurial space, especially any space, but especially an entrepreneurial space, you want the most ideas brought to the table. Um, and so I'm 100% a champion of diversity. How have you guys been kind of um, pushing that forward internally um, at Now Diagnostics? How have you been kind of making sure that that has been something that you guys have been driving towards? Sure. So, I, you know, at, at this stage in the company, I think it's done um, on a one-to-one -one basis, you know, with um, directors and their um, direct reports. You know, it's my personal passion, so I have some leverage to um, make sure that we do it at the organizational level, that we celebrate women at the organizational level. I think the the most tangible way we can do it right now is giving young women uh, projects and autonomy over those projects and letting them run with them as soon as possible, letting them get early successes, early wins under their belt and develop their confidence. Um, and when we look into the, you know, as we, as I look forward to, you know, scaling the organization, I think there are, um, there are ways that we can use policies and procedures to make sure that this happens going forward. Um, you know, we know that companies that scale well are companies that are committed to employee engagement. So first and foremost, you know, setting my ideas aside, we will engage our women at Now Diagnostics about how to make the company the place where we, where they want to grow their careers. And then we'll respond to that. But uh, you know, our company today does a really incredible job hiring exceptional women for staff and leadership positions, but we have to continue to do so. So I love the idea, for example, of introducing um, blinding into the candidate selection process uh, to decrease any diversity bias. I think being really transparent about compensation policies is another great way to protect uh, workplace diversity or yeah, workplace diversity. I think obviously equal pay for equal work is essential in 2022. And, you know, I'm prepared to expand and implement new policies that allow for flexibility and accommodation for women. Um, flexibility of schedules, you know, extended maternity leaves, um, designated nursing rooms, and many of these things we already have in place, um, but we have to be attentive to keep them in place and grow the, these programs as we grow. Um, and then lastly, one that I'm really particularly passionate about is it's extremely important to build mentorship programs as we grow. Um, women need to be encouraged to reach for new opportunities, um, to negotiate for themselves in the workforce, and even to be encouraged to be confident. So I think mentorship program participation is, it's often the first introduction to networking that women have. And um, it's really an important skill for their growth and development. That's fantastic. And honestly, Beth, I, I, I feel like I hadn't actually 
kind of thought about this until or actually put these two together until you were just speaking then because i can i can draw some um some real kind of um, comparisons again between how you guys um are trying to like for example those policies you were just talking about because it's fantastic you say that um recently one of my colleagues um a woman called uh, lucy smith she'd seen that uh, spain um were the first country in europe to offer menstrual leave to their employees uh, well to, to, to employees okay. um she'd seen that and then she messaged our ceo telling him about this and we already have some really amazing policies in place like we have uh, menopause fertility treatment um, child loss we have really amazing policies in place but she messaged him saying hey i've seen this do you think this is something we could um we could roll out so we and within a week uh we included uh in our inclusive policy um that we uh introduced a, a menstrual leave policy as well so obviously to support really? yeah so to obviously to support women who suffer with kind of any pain or severe discomfort um, and just offering in that additionally additional kind of flexibility and time off if and when they need it as well so it's fantastic you say that that's on your mind because we are singing from the same hymn book so to speak because we we, we really stand behind that as well that's really impressive. Kudos to your uh, corporate administration. Was, that, that was genuinely off of just off of the cuff of you saying that you would be open to rolling out similar policies as well when the time is right. I was kind of uh, just thinking then I didn't really want to jump to the to, to what's next for now diagnostics as that was the next question. But I, I'll, I'll sit on this question for a little bit. Um, as you as you guys scale at now, um, how do you feel like retaining that vision as you scale is going to be uh, possible? You mentioned you mentioned the the mentoring um, kind of scheme and and putting things like that in place. Why do you, what, what are you guys uh, going to do as you scale? I know you may not have anything set in stone, but um, are there any kind of visions in place as you start to scale up? Sure, we have lots of visions in place. Um, we have plans for you know physical scale of our organization. Um, we know how we're going to do that. Um, we have done an incredible job uh, during the pandemic of scaling our manufacturing capabilities. Um, so, you know, we have equipment in-house now that allows us to produce, you know, 2 million tests per month. Um, and we have been doing everything in our power when, when the time comes and when we're, we're ready to produce at that level, that equipment's going to sing for us. So just those learnings about how to introduce new automated uh, manufacturing systems into our workplace and into our headquarters here in Northwest Arkansas um, have prepared us for you know, an even grander scale. We have um, built really incredible distribution agreements, not just in the United States, but globally. We have some really great partners. And so we're you know, preparing to scale distribution in a major way. Um, we have uh, really broadened our product pipeline, the our potential to produce new assays. And one of the ways we've done that is by investing in our new analyzer technology. This is a handheld analyzer. It's uh, optional for use with our uh, single or uh, double analyte tests, but what it allows us to do is to create multi-analyte assays. So we can take the membrane of our test, we can spot 
you know, 36 analytes, for example, and our analyzer technology is so impressive, it can read, you know, each of those 36 spots in our membrane. So now we have the capacity to create, you know, multi-analyte assays that could be used even at home, like men's health, women's health assays, a prostate-specific antigen test, you know, a, a, you know an immune uh, multiplex assay, a, an allergy panel. We can take our sexually transmitted infectious uh, disease tests and put them together in an STI panel assay. So, um, and we're doing the preliminary work to make sure that we're ready um, to develop those multi-analyte assays. Um, so the, the work on scale is never ending here. We're always um, in a state of readiness. We have our eyes set on readiness at every turn. So um, we are, we're scale ready. I've been scale ready since pre-pandemic. The pandemic set us back a little bit. So um, I'm ready for the regulatory wins and to uh, you know provide really really important test uh, to the marketplace great no thank you uh, very much i think that that answers the majority of my questions um beth and i, th I think you really give myself and, and hopefully um the listeners of the podcast some insight into yourself your vision now diagnostics and 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 and, and their vision as well um i hope some people can take away some some really key uh, points from this i think we've we've really touched on some some really good points as well and um i think some some things that we can definitely maybe revisit in the future when you guys start start scaling and we can revisit them and, and see how you guys are, are getting on with them is, is there any other points you'd like to to add about what's upcoming in the future for now diagnostics uh, apart from being ready to scale and being ready to to to, to go you know i would just say that we would we are open to connecting with other diagnostic test developers and manufacturers. Um, they can contact us via our website at nowdx.com or on LinkedIn at nowdx. Um, I believe there's ample room um, for all of us to work together um, to bring these improved diagnostic test solutions to the global community. Um, so we want to, we're keenly interested in strategic partnerships you know, if we have a technology that we can partner with a big pharma company that has a, a marketing machine in place that can more readily bring it to the market, we're interested in that conversation. And likewise, um, we have companies that reach out to us about, hey, how can we pair your analyzer technology for use with our diagnostic tests? We're open to that conversation. Uh, you know, I think all of our diagnostic companies are genuinely mission focused. And so whatever we can do to improve those patient outcomes faster, we want to do that. Thank you, Beth. Honestly, it be, it's been refreshing to kind of hear you speak through all of these points. Um, I kind of really admire some of the visions you have personally and then obviously as a company. Um, so yeah, look, thank you for your time. I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to, to come and speak with us. Well, thank you. The pleasure was mine. I really enjoyed it. So that was my Diagnostics Digest with Beth Cobb, Chief Commercial Officer at Now Diagnostics. I'd like to thank Beth again for her time and the insights she provided on her company and its story so far. 
I hope anyone who is interested in any of the points we discussed during the podcast could gain some valuable perspectives from her role and experience in the industry. Check out the rest of the series for plenty more insight from the industry leaders in the diagnostic space. Thanks again for listening. I've been your host, Nathan Sharp. Bye for now. Thank <laughs> you.